Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Do you not want to wait? Neither do we. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Oh, Jessica, I'm doing really, really well. Um, I have just recently finished with you a two-year project. I think it was two years. And uh, we're going to talk about it today. Yeah, when I, this always happens to me. So we started our podcast in 2020, which means we started Dawson's Creek in January like, of 2021. Correct. Yes. So almost a three-year project. Almost a three-year project. Um, and I mean, I feel a lot of emotions. I feel like a, like a accomplished because I, we talked uh, we talk about this often. Like it's really hard to start a podcast from nothing and then the number one thing about starting a podcast um is consistency like you have to be consistent Mm -hmm. and like i think that you and i always like give ourselves a little pattern back about being consistent because Mm -hmm. you know we started this uh, project like shit 90 shows taught me um when we barely knew each other yeah <laughs> like we, we it's like, true we'd only yeah. known each other for like three months yeah and Fast we friends, not only but barely knew each other yeah but we we started it after three months and we started boy meets world and then like a few months later we started dawson's creek and we both right. knew that they were going to be long-term projects but like yeah. it's one thing to like know how many episodes you're looking down the barrel of and then it's another thing to actually spend years covering these things right. and finally finishing it i mean I also feel like because I mean, Boy Meets World was one thing to finish that really felt like, wow, this is our first big project. But then Dawson's Creek feels like a whole other thing because it was like the first serious drama that we covered. Quote unquote serious. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Like W so serious. serious. Super serious. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that. It's like, to me, it really feels like the end of an era at this point, mm. because I started podcasting basically when we started podcasting with, with Boy Meets World. Right. And then like Dawson's Creek was like, again, like our, it was kind of the thing that got like, we got a lot of feedback and then we got a lot of lo- new listeners and we met so many people in our, our, our community, you know, and then 
like community building over on Pusher Recaps is ending too, which started around the same point in time. So all yeah. of these things are kind of ending simultaneously. And it's really strange to me because it's been consistently, like you said, consistency. I've been recording those podcasts weekly for years now. Yeah. And it's just very strange to have suddenly it's like, oh my gosh, we're, we're almost at the end of it now. We're almost at the end. And it's interesting because um, even though I think Boy Meets World has more seasons and more episodes, we doubled up. So in total, we had 116 episodes Woo! covering Boy Meets World. And that includes like series wrap-ups or um, <clears throat> or even like I think we had like a couple like specialty episodes the draft ones we did draft yeah. ones yep yep but um but dawson's creek has 139 and so we've spent more time with dawson's creek i think definitely more hours and also we spent um i don't know like i mean we did every episode except for like two-parters individually so you know yep. we did a couple of two-parters like this season we did um the jack episodes as a two-parter yeah um all in one but mostly everything got its own episode and it really does feel like a you know a, an end of an era for me as well and mm -hmm. i don't know and also like yeah like we in, in terms of our listeners we i mean mm, like we got like we got some feedback from Boy Meets World, but we didn't build a community like we did with Dawson's Creek. And I yeah. feel as though like that's going to be one of my main takeaways from this experience is just like how amazing you all are about um and we've had people from the very beginning to now continuing to listen and reaching out and giving their feedback. And it's just like very, very affirming uh and enriching because you know what like you know, like thankfully everybody on shit and Andy shows taught me has been always very nice but like i mean you hear a lot with like uh social media influencers or celebrities or podcasters like th there is like some really nasty people out here but there, you all are people who are so, really awful you yeah. all are so nice yeah and i think the funny thing like looking back i feel like we just Okay, so there, is, there was just a difference between Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek where Boy Meets World was very much a nostalgia-based watch for the two of yeah. us, right? It was, we both loved and watched it as children and we wanted to revisit those times. When we started Dawson's Creek, obviously I had seen it, you hadn't. So there was that like kind of exciting prospect of like you getting to watch something new. But also I feel like we really found our wheelhouse in terms of like, what types of shows we enjoy covering yeah and we enjoy covering like the messy teen dramas they're really fun especially when you're looking back at one that you know aired in the 90s like there's yeah. just like something very fun about that and i think that because we kind of found our groove and found our wheelhouse within that that's what brought on people listening and people sending in feedback and us really i mean let's face it we've met and podcasted with a bunch of our listeners which is just so exciting and fun and we've had such good experiences that it's going to be it's going to be hard for any show to live up to this experience I got to be honest like it's it's been so fun covering the show whether or not the episodes were good or bad like sometimes even the worst ones we had the most fun covering yeah so it's such a like it's like such a bittersweet thing to be saying goodbye to Dawson's Creek because yeah for three years almost four years it has been such a source of 
just like endless joy, you know, like it was never like, ugh, I have to go talk about the show now. It was always like, oh my God, yeah. I'm so excited to chat about this episode, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's how I think like one of my main takeaways also is that like I never got like weary of the show. And when I first started, I really didn't know much, but I was just yeah. like, this seems like pretty stupid, but I'm just gonna watch it because my um I I mean like I got some exposure through friends in high school about like One Tree Hill and like Laguna Beach and like I thought that I mean not saying that those shows don't have substance because honestly I haven't watched all of them either but mm-hmm. I just was like <clears throat> yeah like this show has so much heart and I really I really fell in love with it. Um, I want to, I I'm searching our DMS. Yeah. Uh, which is a dangerous game. Oh, but... it's very dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> we reveal a lot of secrets. About Never know what you're going to find in there. Yeah. But on April, nope, August 4th, 2020. So, uh, before we started our podcast, you were talking about, oh, we were talking about little fires everywhere. And oh, I love. I liked that. Yeah, a lot. you yeah. were. You're commenting. You said, "OMG, PC is wearing tidy whiteies," and I was like, "Who is she in this show?" Like, oh my a mom. Gosh, yes. yes and then yes, you're yes. like, "Pacey is a man," and I, I said, "LOL, classic," and I said, "I'm a very experienced DC watcher," and you were like, "You really don't know Dawson's Creek," and I was like, "No." And you were like, like, it was definitely a Pacey versus Dawson debate. And I said, this is what I said the show is about. I assume there's a creek. Katie Holmes lives there and studies Scientology there. (laughs) And Dawson is her friend. (laughs) This is incredible. Oh, my Uh, God. So, and then, okay. So then I think the next time we mentioned it was... Uh, we were on um, September 3rd, 2020. Yeah. We were once again talking about starting a podcast together. And our ideas back then were Boy Meets World, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and Dawson's Creek. Oh my and... God. I forgot we ever mentioned Sabrina. That's wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like our friends at Boy Meets World Fever, uh, are, I think, are, is doing Sabrina. So eventually, after they're finished, that'll be with fun. Boy I can't World. wait to listen to that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then eventually, I think, like, that was part of our idea. We knew that we were going to start um, with Boy Meets World first and then eventually incorporate it. And then in December of 2020, they announced that they were going to bring Dawson's Creek to Netflix. Oh, we and were thrilled about that. Yeah. Basically, it was, like, I don't think we were intentionally starting or thinking about starting Dawson's Creek um, as soon as January 2021. But we were like, if we're doing this, now is the time. Like, now is the time. They're going to bring it to Netflix. We have to hop on it and, like, join the bandwagon, so to speak. And um, I was really, really happy that we did that. I don't know if, like, you know, we got, like, uh, you know, more people within our community because of Netflix. But, um, (laughs) I mean, how are you feeling that, like, our show has uh surpassed 
uh, Dawson's Creek being on Netflix. That's pretty funny. It is funny, but it also just shows like the volatility of like the streaming world, you know, yeah. like it's, it's very funny, but I love that people have kept up with it. It's still on HBO. I mean, it's elsewhere. Like, you could find this show pretty much anywhere at this point. Um, but also I do want to shout out to our friend Todd the librarian who you've also heard from on this podcast. He had sent us an article from the AV club that was like the 15 best WB shows of all time ranked yeah. by their WB-ness, WB-ness, which is so funny. And we talk about if you, I mean, if you never watched the show when it was on television proper, it was on WB Warner brothers network before they like disbanded and eventually became the CW and all of that. Um, and this show got number one, which I would agree. Like, mm. it is so WB. There's something so – I feel like a WB teen drama is yeah. n- not as, like – um not as like sexy as like you maybe you're you're like gossip girls or you're you know what I mean your other teen dramas like they take their time they're kind of innocent they're kind of like very adolescent in a lot of ways and I think it's very funny that the show got uh this show got number one do you know what number two was by any chance yeah number two was Buffy the Vampire Slayer oh okay all right that's interesting yeah, number 10, then three Gilmore Girls, four Felicity, five One Tree Hill, six Everwood, yeah. which I loved do you, Everwood. Do you think that I should get into Gilmore Girls? <laughs> I just said that's so weird. Gilmore no. Girls? I the think girls. I don't know that it'll be a show for you. And the reason I say that is because I feel like with how quickly the two characters talk, I think you're going to get annoyed with them instantly. Like you mm. might like it though. But I just feel like the two main characters might annoy you a bit. Yeah, Rory, well, and Lorelai. Yeah. Which, did you know that, I mean, yes, you did. Rory is short for loyal. Laurel, it's like one of the first Lai. things they talk about in the show, yeah. I don't understand how that, like, connects. It doesn't make sense. It's like Bill and William. That is also the, don't really make sense. Is the grandma named Lorelai? No. Why did she name her child after herself? Because she was 16 and in labor and thought it was a great idea. Now, I have this, uh, my college roommate named her third child Lorelai. Okay. And she goes by Rory. Yeah. I'm that's, just saying. That's fine. Is this like a real thing? I a don't, real name? To that I say I don't know. Like, I don't know yeah. which came first. Like, Rory being a nickname of Lorelai or because of the show now it is. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, would you ever name your child after yourself? No, no, because my name is so commonplace anyway. But like, yeah. I also feel like I'm not really into the junior thing, so I wouldn't yeah. do it regardless. I just don't understand like how you go nine months and like you're pregnant and you have your child and you're like, I'm going to name this baby like Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. yes, this is where I'm going right now. Yeah. It just like but- doesn't track for me. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you want to watch Gilmore Girls, by all means, but I would say, like, stop after season five because it gets bad. No, um, I mean, but that's what people said about Dawson's Creek, and I really enjoyed seasons five and six. I mean, well, there's just, I guess there's just one love interest that I really hate. Some people like, mm-hmm. but I think- Is it Milo? Are. No, I love him. He plays Jess, who's the best. Oh, I was going to say his name is Jesse. No, it's just Jess. That's that's a girl's name. I mean, anything can be a boy that's or girl's y- name. That's your name. I'm 
thank you. I know. <laughs> now that we've established what my name is after we finish the series. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, I, mean, yeah, I, guess, I guess we should talk about Dawson's Creek. Basically, let's talk about Dawson's now, Creek. Now that we have gone through, uh, you know, how, how this all started and uh we'll, we'll talk about like our experience and like everything like that yeah i mean i think it's so interesting when we look at our kind of season rankings for me the first three seasons are very high which i think is probably pretty common because that's when the show is just starting out right like I think it was interesting that Dawson is the only one in my estimations who like really ended up way higher up later on because he was just very annoying in the very beginning of the show. Um, but I remember too, when we started us complaining about how much time was spent on the adults and we're like, we yeah. don't care about Gail and Mitch's drama. <laughs> yeah, no, I really did not care. I mean, and they, and the, especially the second, well, I think it was the second season when there was a lot of debate of like, are they going to get a divorce? Are they not going to yeah. get a divorce? We were like, please just get divorced. Just get divorced. Like, I just need you to choose. And I think that, um, like like the show knew what they had like they knew that the interest was in the kids but i think like when you hire these adults like they want more of a role than just like mom and dad yeah and i think like especially to keep these people on longer and that's the one thing i mean they didn't really recast anybody except for Bodie, um which i think is like really good but yeah when there's actors that are adults and don't get a lot of screen time like they need to give them something to make them want to stay yeah yeah i mean it makes sense and i do think like logically you're gonna phase out the adults as time goes on as the kid actors you know or i guess a lot of them are adults at this point anyway but like as they get bigger storylines and more, you know, topics that they're tackling, they're just going to spend less time on the adults, which I really liked them moving away from the adult storylines yeah. and focusing more on the teenagers who then, you know, later yeah. become adults. Did it um, take Mitch dying for that to happen? <laughs> no, I think we didn't have a ton of Mitch at the point that he died. Uh, and that's why you remember, that's why he wanted off the show. It's because like, well, I'm not getting a ton of airtime. So just kill me, please. Right. Um, But but yeah, like, gosh, most of these characters, and we we always talked about like, okay, who's getting the curse this season, right? Like, yeah. most characters took a dive at some point. Jen, fairly frequently, because the show just like hated Jen and always wanted to punish her. Yeah, hates Jen. It, it, like the show, it's not a uh, seventh heaven, but like the re religious undertones of like Jen being promiscuous and then getting yeah. cursed for life is not lost on me. They're like, if you have sex and do drugs, then you're going to get punished and die young. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it seemed like every season there was a scapegoat. Like someone is going to get like yeah. season one. Pacey is not the Pacey that we come to know and love, you know, like that's true. It takes him time to build up. Whereas I'm trying to think, like, if, would you say that most of the characters were, like, fully formed in season one? Like, I'm talking to, like, your main trio of, like, Pacey, Joey, Dawson, and then, like, Jen. Like, were they full as fully formed in season one, do you think? Um, I think that there's, like, 
a little bit of of flashes. I think Pacey's an interesting one because I think that Pacey came full circle. Like I think that so there's like something in astrology called like your north node and it's essentially like who you're going to become in the future like when you're an adult or like a grandma like when like what your purpose in life is and like some people's are like say your north node is in pisces and you essentially like your north like your sign is in pisces and your north node is in aries like you have like a big journey to Mm -hmm. like get to yourself because that's at the end of the like the line right because end of the chart 12 aries is one so you have like a big circle for me for example and also i think for pacey his north node would be the same thing as his sun sign my like sign is pisces and my north node is pisces so essentially my lesson in life is to get to the person that i was born as because of influences and things that happened in so my life that take you a long time pulls... to do like the full cycle is that right because you're, you're already there yeah. but you're yeah. saying you have to go through the other stuff first. i have to go through the other stuff to like okay. not to like you know like things in life like for example like for Pacey, it could be like getting pulled into a business endeavor or doing things that are out of character for him, like yeah. cheating. And then essentially he has to get back to himself, like the original Pacey. And that's kind of your lesson in life is to like get back to the person that you were. And I think that that's Pacey's journey, like in a way, mm-hmm. aside from the Ms. Jacob stuff, but like, he kind of like was in a state where he really in the sixth season got like out of body from himself. And I think that he had to get like back to basics, like a better version of himself, of course, because nobody is born remotely perfect. But I think that he had to get back to like a more like salt of the earth Pacey. And I think for him, I don't know like I mean season one PC I feel like is not the greatest example of this I think that he starts being himself as of like season two they didn't know what they were doing with him in season one like he was very much the like sidekick to Dawson and it's we have to remember it's a shorter season and we also have to remember that like Joshua yeah. Jackson influenced a character of PC like they they, once did. they had they him did. yeah yeah once they had him and they realized this is what this kid can do this is what his strong suits are they leaned into those and Pacey is more of an empath like he's in a more emotional guy and I think that they leaned into that once they realized that like that is Joshua Jackson's strong suit um I totally agree like I think he was a character that really took time to grow and then season between seasons two and six it really was like a roller coaster of him like finding himself losing himself finding himself losing himself you know constantly um I looked up what my north node was while we were talking Mm -hmm. apparently it's capricorn um which isn't that far away from um leo i think right is that you start where you what your sun sign is Mm -hmm. so it's only leo virgo libra and then capricorn Mm -hmm. yeah like i think that like that lesson would be like you need to learn to like ground yourself when needed i think that you have a lot of like organizational tendencies yeah anyway where your virgo is 
but then like ultimately i think that there like comes a time where it's like yeah like you gotta like focus sometimes which i'm I think that you're like working on that. A bit. <laughs> I got uh, uh, in the so I usually like usually use a cafe astrology. It says in mm. the first half of life she may hold on to her past childhood or the freedoms of life when there yeah. were fewer responsibilities. Mm. Yeah, uh, she's sensitive, loyal, and wonderfully warm and nurturing. However, happiness and satisfaction come from accepting and embracing responsibilities. Yeah, denying her need to excel in the outside world as a way of holding her back. Learning to be more self sufficient improves her life many times over. Yeah, there you go. Be self-sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know how to be self-sufficient, so I can't even say the word. Um, yeah, so I, I think that PC's story is like is very interesting. I think that you know, like, there's times where they treat Pacey as like such like a man whore and like you know a player, and like he can. And they get go back it. to that well a lot of times too, you know, and it's just like. Yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot more to him. And I feel like as time goes on on this show, they really – I don't know if it was based on what audiences were saying or, like, just they loved Katie Holmes or, like, I don't know exactly what it was, but they really leaned all in on Joey. Like, to the point where we were like, oh, my God, she's getting the most screen time of anybody. And not only that, but they handle her with such kid gloves in terms of the stories they give her a lot of times they they even if we didn't feel that way they like to like frame it in the way of joey is our hero like joey is the one we should be siding with even when we disagree with joey um i thought that was really interesting that felt even more true as time went on you know what i mean as we get to the last season and james erinderbeek is like no i don't want to be around as much it felt like okay never mind we're going all in on katie holmes yeah i do agree with that as well like i do feel like it really became the joey show and i think it's because our two male leads like are focused on joey so then obviously she becomes the center she becomes the sun that everybody just revolves around but mm-hmm. um it's not like she's like the most satisfying character like when i first met her i was like i was loving her like she was snarky she seemed really independent like i really liked the fact that um in the episode where she's saying like i dream a dream like she wasn't like you know like she really liked dawson but she wasn't like wasn't like didn't she not except him just being like you're so gorgeous because like right or am i remembering he had treated her as like a friend a and friend. then suddenly she's dressed up and he was like yeah. oh I but she didn't like that right like she was no she rejected him and we yeah. were very 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 proud of her in that moment which i love that i loved that mm-hmm. from joey and i loved like how independent of a woman she was and i i don't think that there's ever times where i'm like you know this character is getting like walked all over like i think that joey is like i mean joey is is self-sufficient and she stands up for herself but then i think that there's like a point where like she always just thinks that she's right like she's Mm -hmm. stubborn as heck like the most stubborn character which is oftentimes frustrating and i think that like the thing that we got on her the most was her communication skills like a lot of the time she just like wasn't able to talk um but i just feel as though 
Joe, like, I think Joey's character is the most, like, thought out in the sense of, like, her and Pacey. Like, psychologically, I understand why Joey is who she is. Mm -hmm. She comes from this broken family, comes from a history of abandonment issues. And, of course, because of this, she is not going to be able to be emotionally intelligent enough to be open that makes sense to me. Once again, I don't know if they, the Dawson's Creek people like knew what they were doing there, but <laughs> as like a little therapy child, like that all makes sense. Like I understand. Yeah. And it's frustrating, but it's frustrating in the way of like, if my friend was Joey and she had the same history and then she in turn had the same problems with communication, like she's like i would get it like you are like an actual person and i think that she's kind of like the most thought out that way and i think like in a way they knew what they were doing because of that dr drew episode where they had like brought it up so like they were cognizant of it but she was frustrating she was the most frustrating character probably out of a lot of them yeah um it was frustrating that like I don't know like we we wanted more from her at times like we wanted her to choose a lot like she was very wishy-washy she was very wishy-washy and on top of that I felt like she wasn't always the best communicator like it you know it was like we had a character like Pacey who would be pretty open and honest about his feelings yeah and Joey always felt like she was very much indecisive and in the middle and not wanting to make a decision emotionally closed off like she would talk circles with Dawson which was so infuriating that neither one of them would ever just truly say how they felt they would just talk at each other half the time and that got very frustrating for us and I think our listeners kind of felt similarly you know about about Joey and I I mean I'm very curious to anybody who watched when it was airing like what the reception was to her because I know like Katie Holmes is such a like girl next door figure that was that like appreciated was that was a more demure type of character appreciated more back then. You know, I feel like now we were just like, Joey, go to fucking Paris. You know, like we're in in season one. One of the things we said was we wanted her to go to Paris and it took six fucking seasons for her to just go to fucking Paris. You know, I mean, she was absolutely the girl. And I think that like that translates to like, I just Googled Katie Holmes 90s magazines and yeah. like just looking at the covers, I mean, she was on YM, 17, Teen Magazine, like J14, Jump. Like, so she's everywhere. Yeah. He was everywhere. And I think that they knew that she was like the quote unquote breakaway star yeah. at that time, which meant like, this is our it girl. We're going to have to like feature her. Like we're going to have to, yeah, even though she has Lego hands and can't kiss. I mean, like arguably, like she's probably one of the weakest actors in the in the entire. It's kind of funny, yeah. In the entire show, especially when you have somebody like Michelle Williams who has such acting chops, and we see like her go on and be nominated for Academy Awards and do serious things, but. Um, essentially, yeah. I mean, the '90s choose who the it girls are. Well, and it felt like too, kind of moving to talking about Jen a little bit more. It feels like 
the 90s were a different time where they pull Jen in as, as the villain, let's be real. Like, she is the antagonist to Katie Holmes, which means she is the villain because she's, even though she literally is the girl that lives next door, like, she's not the girl next door. She's yeah. the blonde bombshell. She's the one who had the a tempter. dark myth past in yeah. New York City, you know? Mm -hmm. And even though, let's be real, what's the worst thing Jen ever did? Like, anything that Jen ever did was always talked about in the past. Like, she never mm -hmm. actually did anything on the show that was that, that bad. And yeah. yet, we could, because they always pit her against Joey, she always loses because – Let's be real, Sarah. There are your like your teen dramas like One Tree Hill, like Gossip Girl, like kind of shows that came after Dawson's Creek that really lean into this is our hot, spicy villain. And, and Jen didn't get that treatment. She was treated like this is the slut from New York. Yeah. Who, like, you know, so it's interesting how I feel like not only was it, you know, the 90s kind of being like we're not into our villains yet. We don't find our villains sexy yet. But also... I think part of it is she's a woman and we're pitting her mm -hmm. against girl next door, Katie Holmes with her big, beautiful yeah. doe brown eyes. Like, you know, it's, she's going to lose. Yeah. So interestingly enough, I just Googled Michelle Williams, nineties magazine. Oh, and the main thing that I'm seeing is her 1999 Maxim cover. Surprise, surprise. You yeah. Know? Yeah. On. She was yeah. in a teen magazine. Um, before because yeah. her hair was longer as in like um, season one Michelle Williams hair yeah but um, yeah like essentially they they're treating her like the like the vixen in yeah. a sense and uh, focusing on this this Maxim magazine age yeah. 18 and girly was in a Maxim magazine hmm. very interesting she looks gorgeous pop off sis so it, it's just very yeah. interesting like yeah you're right like how they were setting her up and i guess like the the lesson is like as i said earlier like if you are free sexually and um have a good time then you are bad and yeah she was definitely shown as like the temptress and i felt like there was a lot of times where like they didn't know what to do with her besides punish her because i mean like let's be real like jen had it rough like she comes in gets kicked out of her parents house is forced to live with her grandma in this like small ass town coming from new york city her mm -hmm. grandma judges her all the fucking time all the time in the very beginning did not like rams yeah yeah all the time like gives her a hard time about everything basically calls her like a hoe all the time like forces religion down her throat and then jen is hated on by katie holmes who does not um or by joey who does not own or has ever dated dawson she yeah. just has a crush on him and is seen as like this like evil person that's stealing her man uh, like gets like so often um uh, like kicked out of the creek creeps so often they treated her, her treated her like crap like 85 percent yeah. of the time gets a really good friend in abby morgan who really doesn't like her so she really wasn't a good friend her best friend dies right in front of her you know struggles with substances struggles with uh, with everything mm -hmm. um 
gets sexually assaulted and this isn't even her first time like yeah every single storyline like none of her partners were good until she dated dawson but ultimately the show is like no we gotta get her back or them um dawson back with joey so we gotta break them up for no reason yeah yeah she really it always felt like and it's so funny now that i think about this when i when we originally were going to cover the show and I hadn't rewatched it in a very long time in my head, Dawson's Creek was about three people. It was about Pacey, Joey yep. and Dawson. Yeah. Jen in my, I, I, I had remembered Jen coming into the show in season two, a la like an oh, Andy. Wow. Yeah. I hadn't remembered her being there from the start. And I feel like that is a perfectly like the effect of what, how this show treated Jen where mm-hmm. they, to me, a lot of times, the show treated her like a secondary character because they were more invested in the love triangle. And Jen, funnily enough, even though she was involved in that, was like not involved in that because you were never like, oh, Jen and Dawson are going to end up together because there never was a chance of that based on the fact that he, they always shoved him back with Joey. So yeah, it is really interesting. Like I never will stop saying like justice for Michelle Williams because she honestly has given such a crap hand in the show a lot of the time, given like the crap storylines that constantly shit on her. And the thing that annoyed me the most, I think, is if you're going to treat her like she's like this, like, quote unquote, like slut from New York City or like has this dark past, then have her be an actual villain then lean in. But mm-hmm. instead, what it felt like they did was it felt like they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you all about all the shit she did in the past. But now she's squeaky clean. So why are we still bringing this up? Like, it's a big case of like, you know, they always say show don't tell. And like, they would tell us how bad Jen was, but she never was actually that bad. Exactly. And I mean, in terms of since she got to the creek, in terms of partners, I I mean, like her, she had Henry and like, really, like that was it. And that was a pretty innocent high school relationship. And I, I just like, and then ultimately, she, you know, goes to New York City, ha- gets pregnant, gets left by her boyfriend, and then and, and then dies from a mysterious heart condition that we never heard from before. Yes. And it's, it's just a little ma- – it's very maddening to me. Yeah, exactly. It's very, very frustrating. And I just feel like we've always wanted more for Jen. Uh, like I said, the finale thing we'll probably touch on a little bit. But, like, it's mostly – I'm happy that she was the impetus for everyone coming back, even sure. though she does end up dying and it sucks and she was a baby behind and there's a whole thing. Um, but maybe we can kind of use this as an excuse to take a quick ad break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the data I've pulled from our character rankings yeah. and from our MVPs and LVP points because I think it's kind of fascinating. So we will be right back. Okay, we are back. Let's talk through some of this data I've pulled because I want I've done this without you seeing anything. So you're completely unspoiled yeah, on this beyond. I know, obviously I know, sh- I know shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so as far as MVPs and LVPs, do you want to guess who won the most LVPs between the two of us across all six seasons? I'm gonna assume assume Jen. It is not Jen. Oh, is it Mm-mm. our big man Dawson? It is not Dawson. Oh. Is it, it has to be Joey then? <laughs> I don't fucking know. No, <laughs> it's more fun to have you guess everything wrong. Uh, Pacey, Pacey got the most MVPs. Oh, 
um, we gave him, so across the seasons, we each gave him our MVP for season three, and we also each gave him our MVP for season Oh, wait, six. did you say MVP? M-M-M-M-M-M-M. Oh, I was guessing LVP. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Can, we t- can you just tell me who the LVP is? Okay, so. Is, is it Jen? It's not Jen. Is it Joey? It's not Joey. <laughs> is it Dawson? <laughs> Okay, well, fuck this game. I hate this game. I love you're like, I was guessing LVP and you're still very wrong. Um, So, yeah, so Pacey, the reason he ended up out in front is because we each gave him our MVPs for two different seasons, seasons three and six. For LVPs, the person who has the most LVPs across the the series is, um, I actually think it's kind of surprising. It's Pacey. So he won. Okay. He has the highest highs and the lowest lows. That's so tracks. That's yeah. so tracks. I gave him LVP for seasons four and five, and you gave him LVP for season four. Um, I did think it was funny that when I was calculating all of this, that you gave Gail and Mitch LVPs for two and three. <laughs> yeah, I was really grumpy about them. You're so over them. You're like, okay, please just get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> please leave. Please vacate my television. Yeah. Not LVP in season one. Season one was Tammy from the both of us for obvious reasons. Oh, that's I right. think the thing is, is we weren't consistent in terms of like, we allowed ourselves to give it to anybody. It wasn't yeah. just the creep creeps. So yeah. like, maybe we would have seen, you know, probably a better test study would have been to limit to creep creeps. But like, I mean, Tammy fucking deserved it. As did Henry who got one. As did uh, Hetson and Harley who got oh, one. Oh, they fucking suck. Yeah, exactly. So uh, uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Um And then what I did, so every season we would rank the characters. Now, keeping in mind that it was always, the number always changed because we would include new people like Andy, like Jack. We would include Gretchen when she was there, Audrey, you know? So every season we had a different number of people involved. What I did was I assigned point values based off of how high. So if you got first place in a season with four people ranked, you got four points. If you got last place, you got one point. What I did was I totaled these numbers and then I divided them by how many seasons that person was in, right? Because it's unfair to give, hold Andy and Audrey to the same standards when they were only there for a few seasons. Yeah. So uh, based on those numbers, I now have our highest ranked character that we've ever uh, ranked versus Uh our, and all the way down to our lowest ranked. Individually or together? I have this together. Okay. Um, so what I would like to hear from you. So let me let me tell you who's even all included in this, because just so you know who we included in these rankings. So we have our trio. We have Pacey, uh, Dawson and Joey. Then, of course, we have Jen and Jack. Uh, we have Audrey and Andy, our queens that were only around for a short time. We have Gretchen. And then we also included Abby at one point. <laughs> of course we did. She, she is there. She um, got points. So. Who do you think had the lowest overall average Jen. ranking? Jen is correct. Uh, well, sort of because it's a tie. So there is one uh, other person who also came in last. Joey. Joey is correct. Is that not sad that like our two female leads end up bottom two? Um, y- uh, y- yes, it's sad. <laughs> you seem to look very sad. <laughs> uh i just feel as though it's just a product of what they were given 
Yeah. I mean, it's true. Jen got real shit. I mean, I think we, I feel like every time we put her at the bottom, we would always say like the writers are doing this to Jen, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it doesn't reflect on Michelle Williams as an actress and it doesn't reflect on um, Jen as like a generalized character. It's just that right. the material that she was given, oftentimes she was slumming it. Now, Katie Holmes, I feel like, is like kind of maybe the opposite. Like, I think Katie Holmes is the opposite. I think, like, we did critique her on her acting. And I also think that we were frustrated with her as a character. So I think it's kind of like dislike for two different reasons. Um, Now, obviously, it's kind of like we have our like side characters our side hoes so yeah to, so to speak um and some of them are like our favorites but i'm assuming that they did not get ranked like number ones well so yeah so who do you think got places like what got i guess the first and second place and this is based off of their average so how high we ranked them across the seasons they're in you know what i'm gonna say that my stuffing the ballots of like putting dawson first like paid off but it's probably pc it is not dawson and it isn't pc either who is it andy had the highest this average. is such okay this is the most biased podcast that ever it, i mean because but okay think of let me tell you what Andy's two fucking seasons three seasons okay let me explain so season two which is andy's premiere season we both put her in first place yeah, she got seven points from that because mm-hmm. there were seven characters that we ranked that season, oh, which is the okay. most we ranked. She got third place from you in season three and second place from me in season three. Okay, and then her final season, season four, she got second place from both of us. So she was very high in every season that she was in. Yeah. So to me, it's not a surprise that Andy is number one here because we, when she was there, we loved her. True. So That's true. she is number one. Okay. Number two, I think is actually surprising though. I find very shocking. What's that? And I guess looking back, it makes sense. But Gretchen is number two. Oh my gosh. And it's because when she was there, the one season she was there, she got a high place from both of us. Okay. So again, it's stupid, but that's the truth. Okay. Now, now our main characters. <laughs> well, third place isn't even a main character either because it's Abby. <laughs> Okay, can you tell me <laughs> out of the Cree creeps who yeah. got number one? Okay, so number one is uh is a tie actually between mm-hmm. Dawson and Audrey. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Now I, I think that it's a good time to talk about Dawson because we kind of skipped him. We didn't talk a ton about him. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to me that like he falls highest of the OG Cree creeps because it really is like a volatile situation with Dawson in the very beginning. I mean, the first season I ranked him last, you ranked him second to last. Yeah. It wasn't until season four that he fucking popped off. Like yeah. season four, we both ranked him first season five. You ranked him first. I ranked him second. And then season six, you ranked him third. I ranked him second. So like yeah. he was bottom for the first three seasons and then top for the last three seasons, which makes yeah. sense to me with his journey. I, I think so. And I think like he, his journey is also really fascinating to me because I think that he has like the most growth. Like I think that like we meet Dawson very privileged, like not much adversity in his life. His parents are together. 
he has like a very perfect nuclear family. They're well off. They're established within the town. They're well well respected within the town. Yeah. And we the reason why we dislike Dawson in the first through first few seasons is because it was the first time in his life where things were not going perfectly his way. He his parents are debating if they want to get divorced. Um, they do decide to separate. He doesn't get the girl that he wants or like, you know, he, his best friend is getting the attention that he's always had. And I think mm-hmm. like it's the first time in his life where like things aren't just being handed to him. And we're seeing a child act out when he's used to getting everything that he wants yeah. and then things start crumbling and it's not until like and these things are so small in the grand scheme of things and when he starts to realize like life is very fragile like his mentor and that old grumpy film man i'm forgetting his name missed oh yeah i forget his name too mr something or other uh he passes away and then not far after that his father dies in a freak accident he yeah realizes like all this shit around me that i've been spiraling out about is so so like full of bullshit like yeah real stuff to worry about and i think that that's why he wasn't able to like fully understand like joey's shit and pacey's shit because they had like real issues like joey like essentially is an orphan like father's in prison mother died of cancer pacey's been through emotional abuse and like the two of them like are not well off well actually i think the witter family is like comfortable because like but emotionally, like though, it doesn't matter how much money you have if you're treated like garbage yeah, growing there's, up. There's so much emotional trauma. Like, Joey's family is, like, poor, but, like, also, like, it's not like, um, like, Pacey's, like, given money. Like, they, they, exactly, exactly. So, in a different capacity. So, yeah. But I think it's, like, the first time in his life where he's just, like, oh, like, I, I, I have been so concerned about things that really don't matter in life and like yeah. this is big stuff and i think that like that's why i started to like really relate to the character of dot like i think like in a smaller capacity like i always had but like i also mm-hmm. think that like i can see myself in him like my life like you know we were pretty well off like upper middle class and then like my dad got sick and like my mom lost her job in 9 11 um and like things started like breaking at the foundation like at the seams and um i think that like once like things start getting real like you really start to reevaluate like what's actually important and that's why i really really try not to get worked up over like stupid bullshit like because honestly there's like bigger fish to fry out there and i think that's a lesson that dawson's learned and i i mean like if i can like redo it like i think like i would give dawson like a little bit more slack and like remember that you know like i can't like fault him for him not having adversity in his life you know yeah no i think that 
I think the reason we start to see Dawson thrive in season four, he's dating Gretchen, which we really loved them as a as a duo. I think that mm-hmm. Dawson or Dawson really matured a lot while dating Gretchen. She's Agreed. older; it makes sense. Um, and he wasn't wrapped up as much in the PC and Joey of it all. Like that love triangle wasn't going on as much, which I think allowed him to mature because he was always at his worst when he was dealing with that love triangle. And so we got to see him mature a lot and get other storylines and just be a more interesting character later on. I think it's very fascinating to me that he ends up with a higher overall average as opposed to like a Pacey who I think definitely comes out on top. I think in terms of people's affections, right? Like people love Pacey as a character, but he was very volatile. So overall, I, I'm just going to go through these so people people know what the overall like points uh, average was. It was Andy, Gretchen, Abby, Dawson, Audrey, Pacey, Jack, Joey, Jen. And there is a huge gap between Pacey and Jack. So Pacey's average was 8.16. Jack's was 5.2. And so once like, again, I don't fault jack because of what he's been given it's the writers right like all of this is through the lens of the writers are only giving these characters so much but the funny thing is when you look at point totals dawson had a total points of 51 total points pc had 49 like they were very Mm. very close numbers Mm. wise um it's it's really interesting so like our core four dawson pc uh joey jen is the is the order and it's it is interesting like uh it's just like a fascinating way to look at it of how how we ranked these characters and i think by and large a new character for us always skyrocketed to the top except for jack maybe just because his first season he he really was just andy's brother like he didn't have a ton of storyline or joey's new boyfriend or joey's new boyfriend and like i think it was was it season three that he came out or was it season two do you remember i think it's two two okay because he even still ended up pretty low in the rankings even with that storyline which we loved we loved those episodes yeah i i do love jack as a character i think that he really did add a lot of interest and depth into the show i really liked the fact that um he was a out gay character and i really like the thing that he that's gonna stick with me is his line in the series finale where he's like i'm so sick of like setting the precedence um of like new or like being the first in a small town because like he really he really did like he was probably like one of the first out gay kids in his school like he was the first like gay football player like he was always like the first and um i mean like i know that the show life as we know it had like the first like out gay character and like i think it had the first gay kiss on TV. that's correct yeah but and also I, it's it, worth go ahead it, it's just like this is not that far after that and i think that it really yeah it, i think like it's interesting to show a character who is quote-unquote not stereotypically um a gay man who mm-hmm. is this the stereotypical like flamboyant like it's yeah he's really, he's a jock he's yeah like, it's very rewarding yeah. to see that like it comes in all shapes and sizes and interests and i think that jack really does a lot of good 
Definitely. I I think Jack is a character that like I wish had been given more throughout the whole series. Like I do. I think he is also another one who is kind of relegated to the background often when we talk of like Jen, I feel very similarly about Jack. I felt like uh, towards the end of the series, we were always asking, where's Jack? What's he up to? Why are we not getting more of Jen and Jack together? Because they were like our favorite pair when they were together. They were so fun. And I think that is something that I come away from Dawson's Creek, like really appreciating their like platonic friendship. Their like their soulmate ship, yeah. you know, that's platonic. Um and yeah, like he's a great character. I loved anything and everything with him and Andy. I felt like I loved watching their uh them being siblings. I thought that was like such a really interesting relationship as well. Yeah. And they were always there for each other. Um, but yeah, I do I do kind of leave the series wishing he'd gotten a little bit more. I think this this rating ranking here is reflective of what the characters were given to work with you yeah. know this is not based on acting talents because obviously this list would look very very different if it was that's true um yeah. but i mean overall i would say like leaning more towards now like talking kind of series finale where we leave these characters i'm really pleased with how the show ended and like we haven't gotten any sort of like this is not a six seasons in a movie type of situation you know there's been no follow-up there's been no re there's been a reunion but it was it was a cast reunion it wasn't a show reunion right. you know right. we haven't gotten a reboot we haven't gotten anything like that i'm pretty satisfied i like i feel like it could have hurt the show's legacy if there had been one i'm i'm overall fairly happy with how they ha things you know worked out with them i don't think we needed a spinoff a reboot a reunion you know like i'm happy enough to be able to get to watch this cast reunion mm -hmm. that we're gonna get to watch and like get to see the, the actors talk about their characters and talk about their experiences but overall i don't know what how do you feel sarah do you wish there had been any sort of follow-up after this no i i think like the realization that i came to today was that although we know that joey and pacey ended up together like we don't know if they got married like we don't know if they had kids we don't know yeah. how long they were together like i don't know if they're still together today and i think that that's okay like i think that's it's and and with also the realization is that like they were 25 years old like the likelihood of like people being together from when they're like 18 to 100 is like not always very likely so it's like i i don't know where where they ultimately ended up and i think i'm okay with that like i don't know if dawson like won an oscar and like got to work with spielberg and i think i'm okay with that i don't think that every single show needs to have like a reboot like i think like our yeah. lives are fine with like all of us also because of like how heated the dawson's creek fandom gets about like fandoms right. and everything like that like I, I i think like i'm okay with like everybody coming up with their own like mental story of where people are in their lives i mean like what do i want what do i want for these people i want jack to be really happy and an amazing father to baby amy and Aww. i guess if that's with dougie then like pop off um do i want joey and pacey together yeah but like i want joey to fucking step it up and show pacey that he's worth it because yeah. i don't think that she always does a great job of that like i really want pacey to really know like how amazing he is and not have any doubts that he's like 
second best or Mm -hmm. chosen as an afterthought and i really think that like joey needs to like sometimes show that like it's okay to show your partner that like they need to be loved or that they are loved i mean like i hope that joey continues to be successful i hope that pacey gets a boat and like i do hope dawson finds love in whatever capacity that he wants to find love in and i hope that he makes a piece of art that has nothing to do with his own life yeah and um you know like if he wants to win an oscar like that would be like incredible i hope that Audrey keeps on the up and up and like keeps off the juice mm-hmm. and uh you know Andy I just really want Andy to be successful in every capacity like yeah I mean what do you like what would you want like do you want like Joey and Pacey to have children like do you want like what do you want for these people yeah I, I mean I feel I kind of feel similarly to you like I hope that joey and and pc are successful enough where they can then get a boat and do a lot of traveling i feel like i would hope that joey and pc travel a lot first before they kind of maybe have a kid you Mm -hmm. know like i could see them being parents but i would hope that they would do a lot more travel first and kind Mm -hmm. of go boating and 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 joey doing her editing and pc owning multiple restaurants maybe you know and then he becomes successful enough where he doesn't need to necessarily be there all the time Mm -hmm. um dawson you know i agree with you i i hope that he gets enough life experience and other experiences where he stops drawing just from like his childhood even though that is like a very important time in your life that's not all you can create you know and him being able to kind of expand on more things i still think he is very into like emotionally deep material but that doesn't necessarily always have to be the same sort of script you know um yeah and then for jack yeah i mean i i hope he gets back into art and even if that is just like a i'm a teacher and i do art class on the weekends you know like it's very interesting because if i were to look at myself a few years ago i would late 20s i really was far removed from any creative endeavors i kind of lost that aspect of my life for a while because when you're an adult it's much more difficult to find the time to do hobbies to find the time to do things that give you joy a lot of times it's nose to the grindstone i need to make money to pay my bills and that's not always a fun aspect of life but it is a very realistic one and I mean honestly podcasting was one of the most creative outlets and endeavors that I took on that like did scratch that itch for me where when I worked in an office doing things that aren't necessarily creative by any means I always knew I could hop on a podcast and chat and have fun and feel like I was exercising exercising that creative part of my brain which led into other things. You know what I mean? Now I'm doing a little bit of like watercolor on the side, which I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of. It's never, I guess like the thing I'm trying to say is it's never too late to pick up a hobby and explore it. Like I know there's a lot of um, hesitation and fear in terms of getting into activities. And like, especially if you're like, I'm going to go to an art class. There's a lot of fear in that because of the fear of failure, the fear of like meeting new people and having to interact with other people, you know, like of wasting time and money away from your life to pursue something, but it is worthwhile. And I just hope that Jack doesn't lose that part of himself. Yeah. You know, like I really feel like I enjoyed 
I thought that was such an interesting aspect of his character and they eventually lost it. And I would really like to see him get that back because yeah, it was, it was a really important thing I thought. And a really thing that like brought him and Joey together. Like, I think that would even be interesting if like eventually they connect back up on some kind of art situation. Um, but yeah, those that's, I mean, Andy, obviously I only want good things for her. She's obviously a very successful doctor. Um, I feel like, it would also be very rewarding for her to be in somehow like the, the medical field dealing with mental health. I think she would have a lot to offer in that regard. Oh, I don't know that absolutely. they ever, did they say she was in like cardio or something? I can't remember if they had said what she, what, 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 what um, field she leaned into, but I, I can't remember. Um, I can, I can look it up. In. Oh so yeah. Regardless, yeah. I think that it would be nice that if she was able to kind of help, teenagers get through those moments because she went through a lot of shit and i think experience can only help you when connecting with others with that sort of thing you know yeah um but overall like i said like i'm i'm more than happy that we don't necessarily need any sort of reboot or or reunion beyond a cast reunion i think the thing i love about this sort of an ending is it's finite but it still gives us, the viewers, the room to kind of put on the characters what we want them to have versus yes. have everything kind of confirmed Told. for us. You exactly. Know? Exactly. Um, but but yeah, that's that's kind of where I stand with with these characters. I love this show. I'm really sad to be to be done covering it in, in this capacity. But we're not quite done yet, Sarah. We have three more weeks of coverage planned. We which do. I'm really, really excited for. Mm -hmm. um, first up, we're going to watch the pilot together and record commentary over it. So yeah. you can either watch the pilot with us. and I mean, not, not live with us, but, you know, after the podcast comes out, we'll say when we're hitting play and you could watch the pilot and listen to our commentary. Or you could just listen to the commentary. We're going to talk over, like, a bunch of it. <laughs> Obviously, that's kind of the whole point. Um but that should be really fun. I'm really excited to revisit it. Everyone's going to have such baby faces. Oh, my God. Yes, I know. <laughs> Katie Holmes, especially. I feel like she grew up a lot on the show. So I'm really excited yeah. for that. Uh, then we're going to come back the following week and we're going to talk about the reunion because we haven't watched it yet. I, I don't know that I've ever seen it. Um, maybe I did one. I, I don't remember. But I'm really excited about that because my girl Andy is there. Yes, she is. She's made I it. She's made it. She finally they give her her dues meredith monroe legend queen um so i'm really excited to talk about that too and then we're also going to be doing uh some some ranking we're gonna do we're gonna chat through our top 10 episodes and our bottom five episodes so i'm gonna have to start curating my list because it's like gosh it's such a top 10 is like woo, we're getting cutthroat out here <laughs> i seriously yeah that's i'm definitely going to have to think about it and like try to refrain myself from putting certain biased episodes on the you're gonna be like which island number which one island, number one just a <laughs> couple of teens doing black magic it's gonna be fun uh, uh, so that's yeah. what we have coming up for you all and then obviously we're still continuing on with our freaks and geeks coverage which has been a lot of fun i'm really enjoying that uh, and in October, we're going to have some more bonus content. Um, we're getting back to the bonus content. Movies. Uh, movies. Yes, I'm sorry. More. We're getting back to movies yeah. um, for the next few months uh, up through the up through the end of the year. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. Yeah. Any Anything else that you want to say about Dawson's Creek, the series slash our podcast experience recording Dawson's Creek? I mean, I've just enjoyed it so much. Yeah. I think that 
I, if we were to, oh my god, I don't even want to think about re-listening to like our pilot on the Dawson's mm. Creek. Oh, like, so that's the second part of our <laughs> commentary is listening to ourselves oh, talk awful. about. The, it's like very meta. Um, no, I think we were just we were so green, you know, in a lot of ways we've grown, you know, through podcasting about this show, we've learned how to podcast. I mean, anybody who listened to us from the beginning, like, honestly, thank you so much because we were so new and, and we're, we're learning how to podcast. We were finding our chemistry together. We were finding our rhythm and how to podcast and how we liked to do things. And Mm -hmm. In a lot of ways, this was like a growing experience for me, just as as much as just as much as it was for the characters on the show. So yeah. I've really, really loved our time covering Dawson's Creek, and I've loved getting all the listener feedback and and hearing. I mean, that's probably the, my favorite part, right? Is like hearing what other people thought and like getting their comments and stuff has always been such a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And I think Dawson's Creek, that's like one of the highlights for me of covering this show. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Um, I feel the same way. And then the only thing that I wanted to add on to is the fact that uh, Team Drums with three Zs won the draft three yes. times. Woo! And uh, Andy's Angels, they, you, they're they angels, but they only did it. They only won once. So, so sad for them. Oh, well, so, well maybe yeah. I will get my revenge uh when it comes to felicity we'll see only one can hope because i do not want to be beating you in games very often and i am very <laughs> scared, scared of you and i really can care less if i win shit or not yeah. so well we'll be on an equal playing field at least because i haven't seen felicity and either of you so that'll be interesting yeah yeah um but yeah so we'll be back next week with some pilot commentary of course you can follow us at shit 90s pod on twitter and instagram you can find us on shit 90s pod.com and of course if you ever want to send us an email shit 90s pod at gmail.com we greatly appreciate it um and uh, like we said we're gonna should we tease what we're gonna be covering in october because we've yeah, lost let's do it. one of them um should we should we just say should we just tease it should we tease it or we say it what do you think (laughs) say it okay we'll say it we're doing a follow-up to our coverage last year of adam's family and we're going to cover adam's family values and i will tell everyone as much as this movie is hyped 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 i i didn't watch it i i closed my eyes i did not watch it until this upcoming coverage because i wanted to be completely fresh first viewing so it was hard to hold back because so many people love this movie yeah i've seen it no yeah you had seen it i i've never and i'm really excited to see it so that'll be really fun to cover in october and of course we're going to bring on uh the aforementioned to the librarian to talk about it with us so indeed we are um anything else uh you can find me at the jess sterling it's saying coverage is a lot of billions community yada yada so much stuff going on at psr go check me out over there uh is there anything else you want to add any plugs you want to make um you know like i'm just vibing I, i'm not doing much there you go sarah's vibing I, vibe with you, sarah i mean yeah like i've had enough excitement in my life the last yeah, you're ready like, to chill i i'm in my chill era Ooh, i love that for you yeah I'm trying to read more i got three books from the library the other Ooh. day 
I got um Book Lovers, which is like a very like popular like TikTok yeah. book. And okay. then I got oh, 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 there's this show called like The Other Black Girl, I think it's called. Oh, it's on Hulu. Yep. It's on Hulu. So I got that book because Oh, I didn't know it was based on a book. Yes, it's based on the book. And it's like spooky. It's like a little scary. Yep. So I thought that like it fit the season. And then the last book that I got is a Reese Witherspoon book, like book club book called like a it's like tom tom lake or by ann patchett or something like that so i got three books i just want to be like a literary goddess you should you're in your book era i mean I listen like now's be. the time now tis the season to be like snuggled up <laughs> under the covers the season to be reedy tis the season to be reedy yeah. uh, snuggle up under those blankets throw on a sweatshirt it's gets it, getting to be that season yeah, also ex- except in like, missouri it's fucking like 85 degrees well, but whatever i mean it's beautiful here not yeah. to brag oh 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 yeah how do you feel now that i'm a midwestern girly am i super different um do you like cheese any more than you did before no then no you're not any different yeah <laughs> that's the biggest do you eat how much corn do you eat i do eat basis? i do a fine amount of corn but i'm i go. really like corn um it's 63 degrees here beautiful yeah. beautiful upstate yeah. new york um also if you do like the other girl um and uh and people uh, people are reading it and or watching it uh, there's coverage on pusher recaps go check out by oh. um yeah by mari and asia and i think they're i think everyone that i have seen has watched it has loved it it's on my list i want to check it mm-hmm. out but everyone i've seen that talks about it loves it so um getting read reviews over there um but yeah i think that's that's about all we have that's it. so that's it. we'll be back next week with pine look Pine. <laughs> huh <laughs> We'll be back next week with pilot with, commentary. With <laughs> pilot commentary of Dawson's Creek season one, episode one, and then our podcast commentary on our podcast for season no, one, episode no. one of Dawson's Creek. I will re-listen to then, the pilot podcast. Yeah. But I will not podcast over the podcast. And then we have to listen and commentary on our commentary (laughs) forever and ever and ever and it never it just never ends it's just a a constant cycle it's perfect yeah and Um, yeah and it's (laughs) it's not a a kylie commentary not a kylie commentary uh yeah yeah, first release season one episode one pilot uh podcast on january 4th 2021 what a time what a time what a time um, to be alive yeah well thank you everyone for hanging out with us i hope you have a lovely day and a, and a great beginning to your fall i hope somewhere you're wrapped up in a little sweater little cable knit sweater under a blanket and you're gonna turn off this podcast and go read a book and i hope you have a lovely day <laughs> Good night, everybody. Goodbye. just ask shit 90 shows taught me Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.